The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. There are lots of lousy businesses, and there's lots of wonderful businesses. It's the art and science of money. My job has been to try and figure out which is which. It's Hi-Fi Radio. From the Global News Radio studios in Toronto, with Hi-Fi Portfolio Managers, here's Wolfgang Klein and Jack Hartle. Well, good evening, my friends. It is the weekend once again. Cheers for making it. And, uh, yeah, optimism continues to reign. Uh, reopening is real. Uh, and boy, there's just so much pent up demand, no matter where you go, uh, people, governments, businesses are spending money. Uh, truly they are, uh, uh, from everything from planes, trains, automobiles, roads, bridges, power plants, uh, to running shoes and, uh, well, even some video production, hopefully get, uh, Hollywood North happening again in Toronto. That's going to be nice to see some film crews in Toronto shooting some film, uh, so much going on truly there is uh the industrial theme is a, a key component uh in, in in i think any sound long uh investment portfolio uh long long term in mind of course and uh capital goods uh well uh they matter they fit uh, uh more uh, so i think right now than uh sometime and so a delight to have yuri link on managing director and research and capital goods with can accord genuity uh yuri uh, covers uh, sustainability stocks, infrastructure stocks. Uh, Yuri, thank you very kindly for joining us. And, and uh, how have you been keeping? Pretty good, Wolf. As I sit here in uh, in Montreal, waiting for the big game tonight. It's um, Saint Jean here, so the the national holiday in Quebec. So it's a little <sighs> quiet out there. I think it's the the calm before the storm because if, <sighs> if the Canadians can win tonight, it'll be a much different look of downtown. I hope to be the hell out of here by the time that happens saint jean baptiste i accidentally stepped into your town on that uh weekend and well so much fun but every now and then you see the odd separatist flag and i i, I chuckled and i said thank goodness they don't have the upper hand right now but uh, that, that's a key uh, a key weekend uh, in quebec and i i wish everyone a, a wonderful uh covid safe uh experience and of course hey why not go habs go uh, I'm okay with that, my good friend. So good luck to you tonight. Hope you have a lot of fun. Um, let's talk about your space. There's just so much discussion globally uh, about reinvigorating the economy and really overheating the economy. Uh, governments, companies, individuals are spending money. Uh, specifically around government spend, Yuri, um, uh, can you speak to what you're seeing uh, internationally and here at home uh, and really what is on the horizon for investors? Yeah, it's, it's an exciting space. Um, you know, there's there's a couple of themes that are that are colliding here to, to the benefit of, of the consulting engineers. The, the first is well known and understood by anyone who's taken a trip down any highway in North America, and that is you know, the infrastructure deficit that we are faced with, you know, just investment in roads and bridges um, just hasn't hasn't kept up with with population growth or even the, the, the required 
maintenance that, that needs to be done. So that's not new, but it hasn't really gotten any better. What's different now is, and, and we've started to write a bit more about this in our, in our work, is the governments now are actually um, talking about throwing some serious dollars at this. And, and you know, the, the best example is what they're talking about um, in, in the United States. Um, where, you know, Biden is trying to pass a $2 trillion infrastructure plan. Um, now, I don't expect that's his ask, so we should all assume it's going to be something less than that. Um, but whatever the number is, it's going to be big. And this is an industry that historically grows in, in low, low single-digit organic growth. And, you know, if, if they were to throw a trillion dollars into this industry, I think you would see organic growth could, could potentially double, um, which would be, you know, that would all the, the, the bottom line impact of that would be would be magnified because you would have much better utilization on your on your engineers and, and that would drive margins and, and so on and so forth. So um, it's an exciting time. And, and, and this is happening at a at a in a period where environmental, social, and governance, and just sustainability in general has never been more important uh, to, to in, not only investors, but, but just the public at large. And you're seeing, you know, huge amounts of money being directed uh, towards, you know, ESG funds, um, clean energy, uh, circular economy. And again, the, the engineering firms are, are right in the middle of that conversation. So they are the ones that uh, already have environmental practices. Uh, they are the ones that can design you uh, the more sustainable um, energy sources, uh, clean your water, design more sustainable um, cities, towns. So um, when you put the two together, you get a pretty bright outlook for the likes of WSP, Stantec, and, and SNC-Lavalin. Um, you, you used a, a phrase I haven't heard before. Uh, can you, can you t speak a little bit about it? Uh, a circular economy. Yeah, that's just the, um, the, the idea that, you know, we, we, we should be not throwing away, if you will, and taking stuff to the landfill, um, which would be, you know, huh. the linear model. So the circular econom economy is is more um, more based on on reuse and and recycling. Um, so that you know instead of the landfill, it goes to the recycling bin and and hopefully properly gets uh, recycled and reused and and back on a store shelf in some some way, shape, or form. I was in Denmark, um, Copenhagen, uh, a few years ago, Yuri, and. Um, it, it, it's right by the sea, so it's relatively flat. And uh, for the Nordic-minded individuals, uh, they have trouble skiing. Uh, the engineers came up with a, a brilliant solution. For, first off, they realized they were producing too much garbage and waste, and they didn't want to have to ship it anywhere. They wanted to be more self-contained. And so they came up with a very energy-efficient, environmentally uh, low-impact incinerator uh, with lots of scrubs and the likes. And it, it was such a mass construction they turned it into a ski hill at the same time <laughs> so okay. it, it, underneath it is it incinerates and on the surface uh people ski on it um 
do they claim that they are able to recycle and manage over 60% of their uh, current waste, which I think is uh, remarkable. You know, what, 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 what gets my mind, uh, just thinking about this whole COVID scene, um, and, 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 you know, with the amount of content now coming at us on Netflix, uh, there, there's a great documentary on the oceans and the amount of pollutants in the oceans, plastic specifically. And I, I think about these ocean liners, specifically these cruise ships that just dump waste into the ocean. Uh, you know, we've cleaned up Lake Ontario real well. Jack, you're out fishing in BC. You saw some environmental sewage going into the beautiful Pacific Ocean. Um, can, can you speak to, you know, how how far is far enough in terms of managing our waste? Again, let's speak to cruise ships and speak to just dumping sewage uh, here in North America, still into open waters. Well, I mean, obviously, they that's that's not that's not allowed. Uh, there should be nobody dumping anything like that into uh, into the ocean. But I, as I understand it. Um, you know the the plastic problem is obviously huge for the oceans, but I, I don't think it's it's necessarily. I think it's mostly coming from the fact uh, f- from broken recycling programs here in North America. I mean, there's all kinds of stories out there that you know you put it in the blue bin, you put it to the curb, and then it gets shipped to Asia and ends up in the ocean somewhere. It, it's actually not getting getting recycled. So. Um, I think that's the first step is is just fixing the the systems we have here and, and making sure that they're they're more efficient because this stuff is not not getting recycled like like it should be. No, but plastic water bottles a, a huge culprit to it. And, and again, the, the documentary I think it's called Oceanic or on Netflix. You, you can you'll find it, friends, if you look for it. Um, but they speak about the straw issue. And they say mm-hmm. that is such a, a, inconsequential to the amount of plastics out there, but so much focus on eliminating plastic straws. Uh, and again, they, they, you know, just uh, I think in England, on the shores in England, uh, whales were being beached. And when they, uh, you know, dissected the whale, they, they found like 50, 80 pounds of plastic inside the, the belly of these beautiful creatures. And it, it, it just heart-wrenching. Um, so the, the ESG theme, uh, you know, pre-COVID was real. COVID came along, I think it got pushed to the side as everything always seems to get pushed to the side, these more holistic, um, ideological, but but real, real issues that we're trying to face here in the world. But the theme of ESG is being recognized by the likes of teachers, pension, OMERS, big institutions who have to be more accountable to their investors and to the community as a whole. They are looking to companies, friends, for, that are environmentally, socially, and properly governed, which means, yes, minorities, um, the all genders uh, running these companies as opposed to uh, an old male-dominated board of directors. Um, so there is a lot of change afoot and companies are being scrutinized through different lenses. Um, specifically, I think your, your space, because it is a long cycle space, meaning when projects take place, they take years to, to, to create and, and conceptualize and actually implement and execute. Uh, and then they're permanent structures. So you want to make sure that they are going to be, uh, you know, acceptable to the community for decades to come, correct? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, these, these companies within the ESG frame are kind of, you know, two for one deals, if you will. And what I mean by that is they themselves as, as companies are um, pretty, pretty low emitters of, 
of carbon and, and they've been working to lower their, their environmental footprint. I mean, they're, they're people businesses at the end of the day. Sure. Um, and they're generally boast um, pretty good um, governance scores. And um, so, so that's one aspect in terms of just looking at companies in terms of being sustainable. But then the two for one, the other deal with these companies is that, as I said at, at the onset of the show, they are also enabling the the technologies um, that are going to allow for more sustainable uh, outcomes. So you're getting both uh, when you when you invest in in a Stantec or a WSP. Yeah, we're speaking with Yuri Link, uh, one of our uh, key uh, research analysts and managing director as well uh, with Canaccord. He covers the capital goods sector, um, uh, well recognized by Starmine Analyst Awards from Refinitiv. Uh, great stock pick in 2017, got himself some hardware for that. Fine work, Bachelor of Commerce from uh, St. Mary's University and He's a hat fan. Stay tuned. Hi Fi Radio, Global News 640 Toronto. We're talking money. More show right after this. Let's take a break. But after, Wolf and Jack will continue their in depth discussion about money. You're listening to Hi Fi Radio from Global News Radio 640 Toronto. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Oh, the good old hockey game is the best game you can name. And the best game you can name is the good old hockey game. Well, here you go, my good friends. It is Saturday night. Uh, we're speaking with Yuri Link. Uh, show's being recorded on Thursday night uh, for various reasons, COVID included. Uh, Yuri, of course, is cheering on his Habs. And, well, uh, may you be victorious, my good friends. Of course, history right now. Uh, Saturday night, my good friends. Uh, let, let's get uh, further into uh, the world of capital goods. Um, Yuri, uh, let, let's speak about the grid, if, if, if I may. Um, a stock that Jack, a couple stocks that Jack and I own in our portfolios. Uh, we own a water stock called Xylem. Um, my opinion of the stock uh, is you, you buy this puppy and you tuck it away. Uh, it's a pure play on water. You mentioned water and the importance of water. Um, uh, but then we also have the grid uh, in North America, specifically on the West Coast and in California. Uh, the world's going more electric, transmitting the electricity. Is, is, is a growing challenge because you have an aging grid and a, a company that's benefited from that that we've benefited nicely from is a company called Generac. They make backup generators. But uh, again, in your space, what are your clients saying to you about work on the grid and, 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 and the electrification um, of uh, the universe? Yeah, so the the grid is an interesting one um, because we're really moving from you know uh, uh, where for for decades you know electric electricity traveled in one direction from the power plant to the home, and you know and now you think about solar panels or you know a Generac battery power, however you want to um, recharge that battery, but you, you're you've got. Uh, dispersed energy sources now and you know sometimes if you want to sell power back to the grid you need to be able to you know the the, the flow needs to be there and the ability to do that and so that that brings out a, um, a lot of need for you know an upgrading of the grid because number one it's old and number two the technology is just not there to allow 
the type of flexibility that that we need today. And so, you know, you're seeing s- companies um, in, in the in the metering space um, get a lot of attention. Um, and and I generally think that you know investment in the grid is is going to just accelerate over the next few years, especially when you consider what happened in in Texas uh, with with the freeze and, and millions of people uh, being out of power. And I understand you know as we speak today, the system is buckling under you know the 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 strain that comes with trying to air condition uh, you know tens of millions of people. Uh, so yeah, I mean that's a that's a long term theme that I think is 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 definitely a good one. Yeah, you know it, it was amazing because it hit home for me and Jack. I don't think you were in the business yet. Um, uh, this would be I guess two thousand and one, two thousand and two, the great blackout uh, of Toronto. Um, mm-hmm. They they kept Bay Street running. Uh, backup diesel generators kicked in on the downtown core, and you could smell the plume of uh, diesel emissions. Um, it was quite remarkable. Uh, but that was really our first experience with a true blackout. Uh, it, it was not repeated, uh, thank goodness, uh, but it, it was an early warning sign. Uh, uh, anyways, Jack, Jack, I want to come back to you, if, if I may. Uh, number one, would you mind sharing with, with the crowd your, your, your brief fishing experience uh, out west and, 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 the, and the sewage you did seek uh, pound into the, uh, into the Pacific Ocean? Um, and then, too, I'll let you uh, fire a few of your uh, brilliant questions over to Yuri. Sure. Thanks, Wolf, and thanks, Yuri, for joining us. And yeah, I know we're out, out west, and uh, I guess some of the, the places that we're staying at just really didn't have the, the proper sewage treatment facilities, so to speak. So uh, the tide was actually uh, a bit of a um, a way to get rid of all the uh, uh, the waste and all that. So it was a bit surprising to see, especially in Victoria Island, which was obviously one of the more uh, expensive places uh, in the country to live. But um, wow. yeah, it was, yes. Difficult to see, but uh, I'm sure that these you know companies like Stantec and SNC Laval and WSP that's what they take on. They take on these big challenges um, and big infrastructure pro- projects. Um, you know are typically taken on by governments. And we were talking about uh, Joe Biden trying to get a two trillion dollar uh, package done uh, through through Congress. And like Yuri said, it's probably not going to be two trillion, but it is going to be very significant. Do you see Yuri, um, the Canadian companies like SNC, Stantec, WSP? Do you see them benefiting from that, or is it going to be a, a made in America type of infrastructure bill where they have to, you know, source uh, engineers from the U.S.? No, uh, they're they're definitely positioned to benefit. Um, you know, Stantec generates over half of its revenue in the United States um, from U.S.-based uh, subsidiaries and, and employees. Um, WSP is around 30%. Um, and, and SNC, once it sheds its uh, construction contracts and, and, and reverts to pure play status, they're going to have uh, 20, 25% of their revenue in the United States. So these, are, uh, these three companies are big players um, yep. in uh, transportation and buildings and, and environmental consulting, as I said. So, so very, very well positioned uh, to benefit from any pickup and investment in, in the U.S. Sure. And it's not just the U.S. too. It's, it's the global infrastructure. You saw the G7 actually uh, just a couple of weeks ago. They were talking about their, their plan to challenge the, the Belt and Road Initiative. Um, do you have any comments on that and how that may play into the space? Because it just sounds like there's so much demand for uh, infrastructure right now, not just in the U.S. and Canada, but globally. Um, and how do, how do we meet that demand with you know, limited resources? Well, it's definitely going to be a problem. I mean, even even in the in the U.S., um, if if those plans go ahead, 
um, you're, it's not all going to be able to, to get done at once. Um, there's just not enough engineering capacity uh, to do it. But uh, and, and that's not necessarily a bad thing because it, it will it will elongate the cycle and it will be I think very good for margins for these companies. Um, internationally, I, I you know it's hard to quantify what's going to happen and if and when. Uh, with regards to you know challenging China's plans, um, that's that's a tough ask. I think um, most of these companies that I focus on are are largely doing work in in you know OECD countries, developed countries, um, and you know as I said, the the, the outlook for uh, focusing on on infrastructure spending in these developed countries is is very good. Uh, yeah. We're speaking with Yuri Link, managing director of Capital. Goods, uh, one of our key analysts. Um, interest of time, Yuri. Uh, give us your top uh, investment idea uh, based on your universe for again a three to five year investment. I think on a on a on a three to five year view, um, I I would be looking at Stantec um, as per our our recent research, um, this company has got one of the highest uh, free cash flow margins in the space. It's got one of the highest free cash flow per share growth track record over the last three years, and it's trading at a significant discount to the peers. Balance sheet's strong. They bump the dividend regularly um, and, you know, very, very well positioned in, in water and environmental consulting, which makes up about 35% of their business. Um, so, so this is a high quality firm. It's uh, kind of checked back from the highs uh, for, for real no apparent reason that I can see. Um, so, so this one looks really well positioned for the world we're in today. Mm, it's a Stantec. Uh, yeah, certainly a good quality company. They ended up uh, purchasing a friend of mine's uh, environment, or excuse me, uh, uh, energy business uh, some 20 years ago. Uh, any other uh, burning uh, investment uh, ideas within your universe right here, uh, Yuri? Well, if if you're looking to take on a little bit more risk, um, but the, the, I think the reward is is commensurate. It, it would be SNC Lavalin. Um, same macro themes, uh, a little more hair on it as it as it transitions to a pure play status. Um, but uh, the, the, the elevator pitch on on SNC is that you know as these construction contracts run off, they've got three left. Um, it'll revert to a pure play engineering firm, not unlike Stantec and WSP. Those firms trade north of 20 times earnings. SNC trades at 10, uh, and we see room for that multiple gap to, to narrow over the next 18 to 24 months. Yeah, wow, 10, 10 multiple. Well, what's the multiple on Stantec, did you say? Um, it's around uh, 22. Uh, and, and, the and the growth rate, the growth rate of free cash flow you said in the last three years has been what? Uh, 80% uh, free cash flow per share growth over the last three years. That's a bit um, overstated. It's it's coming from a low level, but that's, of that's course. what the number is. Yeah, yeah and, I think you can, it, you can expect kind of 15% plus over the cycle. 15% annual growth rate of its, uh, of its free cash flow. Yeah. Yeah, no, that, that that's very, very attractive. Uh, indeed it is. What's the dividend on, on Stantec? It's the yielding yield? about 1.2%. One, 1. 1.2%. Well, better than GIC, that's for sure, for high-quality business. Um, Jack, uh, any final thoughts on uh, Yuri's space? No, just it's very interesting right now. This this cycle, what we're seeing, uh, is very different from you know the 2008-2009 cycle where governments 
um, you know, it took away that deficit spending relatively quickly, especially in the U.S. And this time around, it seems like fiscal spending. So governments are spending money out there as opposed to just printing money. And typically when they spend money, it goes into, you know, big projects like Yuri's talking about, whether it's sewage treatment or nuclear plants, roads and bridges. So um, it'll be interesting to track throughout this cycle. And I think it's a new, an interesting new development that we're seeing, um, you know, since COVID. Well, certainly the middle class will benefit from all of this spend. Uh, and as you indicated many times, Jack, the crowding out effect of governments uh, uh, offering uh, CERB, or sorry, sorry, was it CERB? CERB? Uh, uh, money basically sure, yeah, um, yeah uh, has, 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 has forced uh, companies who want to hire staff uh, to pay them uh, a fair bit more uh, so uh, certainly a, a place if you're looking for employment uh, to, I think to look at uh, from a career point of view it seems to be that there's tough to get good laborers out there and uh, yeah I think a, a sustainable career indeed uh, your link I can't thank you enough for spending some time with us this Saturday night uh, May the Habs be victorious. Uh, of course, uh, you know, Thursday's game go and uh, onwards and forwards. Uh, Hi-Fi Radio, show about money. We're talking about technology. Mr. Rob Young, one of our other managing directors and equity research analysts. Uh, very, very wise man. Experience with IBM, experience with Nortel. Understands tech real well. Uh, stay tuned. It's going to be great. Don't go anywhere. There's more great show after this. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio 640 Toronto. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Yes, indeed. We've got to believe in it, my good friends. Uh, we talked a little bit about sewage earlier. I'm going to carry on the conversation. Uh, <laughs> Jack doesn't like to talk about sewage for, for various reasons, and good reasons, of course. Uh, we're, we're all paranoid in this society of ours. And not, not a bad thing. We don't, you know, talk to Rob Young, our managing director. Well, don't get me fired. Don't, don't get me trouble. I'm like, okay, no one's going to get into trouble. If we do, so what? We get into trouble. Uh, good golly. But um, no, it's funny because the, 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 the issue that I raised, because Jack came back from the fishing trip, he said to me, well, they're dumping raw sewage off Victoria Island, like pure raw sewage, right into the ocean. I said, disgusting. And hey, we, we come on, friends. We all know about this. We want to sort of every now and then turn a blind eye. So just after we did our last hit, Jack went and Googled it. And sure enough, the town of Victoria, I think within the last year, uh, have, has cleaned it up and improved uh, and are now doing some uh, filtration prior to dumping. Kudos for them. They're, 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 they're moving in the right direction. And when you have old infrastructure, you can't just flip a switch and change it. Uh, but we cleaned up Lake Ontario. We did a pretty good job there. No more dead fish along the shores that we used to see. Uh, the Americans stocked the, uh, the Great Lakes as well, which helps us out here in Canada. But as Jack was Googling that story about uh, Victoria, he also picked up a story that in Montreal, they're still every now and then dumping some raw sewage into the St. Lawrence. Oh, my good golly. We need to take care of our planet, folks. And we've got to put some pressure on governments every now and then. Have them spend money in the right place. And they are. They are. We're going in the right direction. But we, we can't turn a blind eye and say, well, Canada's pure, Canada's clean. Nonsense. We, we make mistakes, too. In fact, we're quite sloppy with our energy use because we're such a big country. Who uses energy best, in my opinion? The Europeans. They get it. They are so far ahead of the curve. Electric vehicle, clean towns, um, recycling, reusing, elimination of harmful items. They're moving in the right direction. The world is moving in the right direction. We have to. We all want to be part of the middle class, which means we all want to consume. Uh, and again, 
people always ask me about the market, how the market's going to do. It gets down to the, the trend of the market over centuries has been lower left to upper right for the simple reason there's more people on the planet and those people want to consume more stuff. Uh, that's just the way it is. Uh, now, when you consume services, not as hard on Mother Nature. Part of service, of course, is the, the world of technology. Um, Rob Young, uh, it's amazing. He covers technology, but I was just kibitzing with him a little bit at his coverage universe. The analysts end up being specialists in various sectors of the economy. Rob is a, a tech specialist, uh, of course, spending time at IBM and uh, Nortel as well. But I'm looking through his coverage universe, and I, I giggled. I said, Rob, why are you covering why are you covering Polar Bank Note? Polar Bank Note, my friends, uh, are those little scratching wins you see at the local variety store, you know, the lineup and someone's scratching 18 cards in front of the cashier and we're all waiting to, to get through. It doesn't happen. It's here scratching and hopefully winning. Um, but I assume the company has changed its approach, Polar Bank Note. It's a tech company now, is it? Yeah, I mean, there are definitely tech elements, but there's some old world elements. I mean, they still print instant tickets for a lot of North America and around the world. I think they're the, uh, they're the second largest provider. There's only really three companies that do this. It's a pretty protected market because the lotteries wow. are super conservative and they don't let new uh, companies in. And you can imagine that printing uh, instant tickets is a, is a potentially dangerous uh, thing. If, if, uh, if you make a mistake and you print too many winning tickets or if you, um, if you don't have sufficient controls. And so, I mean, it, it's a pretty protected market. Uh, but what's going on is uh, Pollard's benefiting from this trend towards online lottery. And this was pushed forward pretty aggressively by the pandemic as people weren't able to get up and go out to their favorite place to buy an instant ticket. I mean, our instant tickets are somewhat, uh, you know, insulated because the gas stations and the grocery and the grocery stores and the places where you might buy an instant ticket were pretty, you know, were open, you know, more likely than other places, but people turned to online and they started buying their scratch tickets online. And there's a small number of provinces and states that have started to roll this out and they've seen tremendous growth. So uh, the yeah. lottery elements is what's driving it. You know, because interesting company, Canadian company um, from, from the West Coast. And I saw them because they went public as an income trust. Uh, again, long-term right. investors out there remember the income trust boom in Canada. That, that boom began when I got into this business in 2000 um, as people were hunting for yield because interest rates then were so low at 5%, um, oh, let's buy an income trust. And every company became an income trust until a few of the big Bay Street players <laughs> approached the government saying, we may become an income trust. And I think Bell Canada was one, and I think World Bank was even one. Uh, don't quote me on that, but there's rumors around it. And that's when they came up with the white pages in around Halloween of whatever year it was, 2006 or so, and, and ended the income yeah. trust. So to see Polar Bank no continue, and to be a dominant Correct. player, again, a Canadian company from the West Coast, it was family run, I think, up until the fourth generation. And then the fourth, I think it was the fourth generation, maybe the fifth generation decided, you know, we're not as run. interested. It's, but it's still family run, dominant position in the company. Eh? But uh, they, they sold part of it as estate planning. But nothing wrong with that. They're good right. for them. Uh, good for them. But let, let's dig deeper into your space, Rob. you got such a big brain. Uh, and you're always looking forward, as you must with technology, uh, for things that could be very disruptive to old stalwart industries that tech can uh, 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 take advantage of. Uh, so what's exciting you right now uh, in the world of tech and specifically in your coverage universe? 
Well, I mean, tech is exciting me right now because uh, interest rates are starting to go down again, which is getting people interested in tech again. Um, you know, tech was the safety trade in the pandemic because everybody was looking for ways to play work from home and collaboration software and e-commerce and all that. You know, and tech was, you know, a safe harbor in uncertain times. And then, you know, when interest rates started going up right around when, you know, Biden came in, uh, tech started to rotate out and uh, now it's, coming back and so uh you know valuations are very strong and um across the board i would say uh there's you know quite a number of companies that have uh, pretty high valuations and you're seeing money you know come back into the tech sector again as far as you know areas that i like um you know the canadian market's pretty broad we don't have sector specialization here so we you know, there's a lot of companies across different different sectors. E-commerce is still, you know, doing tremendously well. I mean, it'll likely be slower in 2021, but it's still uh, doing potentially very well. Um, I would highlight uh, e-learning is another one. Uh, there's some companies that we cover in that space. Uh, people are, you know, they're going online to do their uh, their courses, and uh, companies are, you know, using online to train their employees and even, the, you know, their uh, their customers. Um, I mean, there's a lot of good places in uh, Canadian tech right now, I think. Uh, the one area that seems to catch in a really interesting bid right now is the IT services space. Uh, Accenture this morning had some tremendous results, uh, way above where people were expecting. They said they're going to get more acquisitive and see you know, strong growth. They've raised their annual growth expectation. So there's a bunch of companies in Canada around the IT services space that are likely to, to benefit from that. Accenture they have a May quarter end, which is a little bit of a peak ahead of, of the regular, you know, June quarter uh, end for most companies around the December year end. So uh, that should be a nice little driver for, for any company that provides, you know, IT support, IT services, custom development, that sort of thing. Interesting. Uh, we're speaking with Rob Young, Managing Director, uh, Equity Research of Technology uh, with Canaccord. Uh, Fantastic discussion always is. We're going to take a quick break and get right back to them. It's uh, Global News Radio. Hi-Fi is the name of the show. 640 right here in Toronto. Listen, we're going to take a break. But when we come back, more money talk. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Good evening, my friends. Welcome back to the show about just that. I'm Wolfgang Klein. If we have any questions for Jack or I, please. WolfgangKlein.com, TheWolfOnBayStreet.com. Just Google us. You'll find us. We're easy to find. And uh, no question too big, no question too small when it comes to money. We are here to help all. Uh, we'll give you heart and we'll give you our soul. Uh, we like what we do. In fact, we love what we do and we're very good at it. Well, our clients uh, believe so and uh, it's all good. Um, we're talking about e-learning. And uh, I was approached years ago uh, to do a type of master class around money management and more importantly about how to buy and sell stocks and how to pick stocks and how to be a great investor and i was always perplexed because the, the the markets are always evolving and changing i don't you know in terms of principles yes there's lots of sound principles but the, 
to, to, to put into live action, it's, it's a different approach. Uh, my, my, doing rather than teaching are two different things, so to speak. But uh, this, this master class concept, uh, I keep hearing pop up more and more. Friends of mine who I never thought would be interested in ongoing education. Hey, Wolf, I just took a master class in cooking. And I said, well, that's fun. I like cooking. Um, so I said to Jack, who owns a master class? Is it a corporate? Does someone own it? And uh, go ahead, Jack. What was your finding on master class? Yeah, well, it's a privately held corporation. Uh, and I just uh, we actually signed up for it ourselves. David Roger, I guess, is the owner, uh, according to Google anyways. But um, yeah, my wife's doing it right now. We've got a new dog and she's doing some dog training courses. And you say about, you know, things change. Obviously, markets are very dynamic. I think, um, you know, a good dog training course uh, can certainly be taught online. Yeah, dog training can be taught online. I don't know. I don't, again, Rob Young, with what you do, I don't know if you could teach it online. You could talk about what's happening today uh, in your space, but in a few months it becomes quite data. But anyways, uh, I digress. Kudos for David Rogers for coming up with this master class. Uh, he's, he's creating a wonderful, wonderful brand. And again, it's amazing how many people are creating these, creating content is what he's doing. He's creating content uh, using new media. Uh, and basically the advertising model kicks in and monetizes. He monetizes his work. Uh, kudos. Um, the semiconductor space, those little microchips that really <laughs> allow us to do everything tech, uh, te technology. It's incredible. I look at the power of my Apple 10X. Um, if, it wasn't, if it wasn't for semiconductors, uh, it, it wouldn't have the juice that it has. Uh, so I like semis, Rob. I, I think semis are, has been you know, said by someone else on Wall Street, the new transports. They move information rather than goods, and uh, moving information at light speed—no pun intended to that company—light speed uh, is, is ever more relevant. Uh, speak to us about what's going on in the land of semiconductor spaces. Multiple processing or parallel processing uh, came up with Nvidia recently. I learned about that, uh, but what, what's taking place in semis? Well, okay, so there's a lot there uh, to unpack. I'll say, um, you know, there's a lot of geopolitical factors around semis right now. You know, China's trying to get meaningful. The U.S. is, you know, realizing how strategic it is. And so it's creating incentives for local companies to invest, like Intel has talked about a large amount of investment. And so, you know, you have this shortage of semis that hit the auto space. I mean, the autos aren't used to buying semiconductors because cars have only had semis for, you know, the last, you know, maybe called five, 10 years. And they're used huh. to having a lot of control over their supply chain, but semis don't work like that. You buy, you have to order a semiconductor, even if it's a really tiny, you know, semiconductor worth, you know, less than a dollar, you have to order that a year ahead. So it's, it, there isn't a really easy way to immediately request just in time, like the autos are used to. And so a lot of shortages hit the auto space. We're seeing shortages across all sorts of other different uh, end markets. Samsung talked about this. And so now you've got this um, you know, demand that, uh, 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 that supply needs to catch up to. And so what always ends up happening in the semiconductor space, so this is what's happened in the past, you get this thing called the bullwhip effect where you know, the, um, the, the, the companies that make the semiconductors and the companies that provide the equipment that make the semiconductors. So this is be companies like TSMC who make semiconductors and companies like Applied Material make the machines that make the semiconductors. You know, they don't have really good view to the end market demand of the semiconductors. If you think of like an iPhone, I mean, Applied Material and TSMC don't know how many you know, iPhones are going to get sold. And so they're blind to the actual demand. And so they end up spooling up their capacity. They get too far ahead of themselves. 
and then it creates a bust. And so right now we're in the boom cycle where everyone's spinning up capacity. And so all the way through the ecosystem from, you know, the, the very broad, you know, large cash flowing, um, you know, semiconductors like uh, Texas Instruments all the way through to the, um, you know, the companies like Applied Material and making the equipment, they're all seeing really good, you know, action in the market right now. And so you just have to be careful because in the past, these things have gotten a little ahead of themselves. I don't think we're at that point yet, but uh, the semi space has been doing very well. Well, we own long, uh, Jack and I do own semis in our portfolio, and uh, you kept mentioning Applied Materials. Uh, that, that is a name that we uh, picked up I don't know, about six months ago, and it's been very, very favorable for us. But no, you're not the first uh, analyst to, 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 to warn me uh, about the capital goods business. Uh, as again, it's, I, I used the phrase earlier with Yuri Link talking about engineering business. It's long cycle. Um, and again, the end user uh, uh, has better dialogue with information flow with the manufacturer of the end product than the, man, the individual making the equipment that makes that product. Uh, so again, Applied Materials makes these big, funky machines that spit out microchips. But, you know, you, you said something that, that made me scratch my head. When I was at the uh, Canaccord Genuity Annual Growth Conference in Boston, um, uh, Mike Walkley was speaking, again, one, another one of our analysts, um, and, and about just-in-time inventory and about um, tracking pallets, in other words, skids of material, how they're now putting microprocessors, little semiconductors on the pallet. So the, uh, the owner and the customer know where that pallet is at all times. Is it on a truck? Is it in a warehouse? Is it a mile away from my factory? Or is it 50 miles in the middle of the ocean? Um, and I said, how expensive are those semiconductor stocks? He said, oh, they're cheap. You get them for five or six bucks. You now said a semi is a buck. And I always warned Jack about the semiconductor space because no different than an ounce of gold or a pound of copper, they are commodities and they in many ways depreciate because those semiconductors uh, become obsolete to a degree or the price just dropped. But to, to, to know that you can buy a semiconductor for a dollar, Rob, the amount of technology punched even in that little semiconductor, is it's unbelievable. That's true. And, and, and uh, if you think about the, uh, the supply chains need to absorb all of these vaccines that need to move around all over the place, they have to be kept at a certain temperature. Everyone wants to know where they are at all times. And so all of this tracking technology is, you know, becoming more important. Uh, all the things I mean, if you think about last year, I'm pretty sure people were tracking toilet paper, right? Nobody cared about where toilet paper was, but all of a sudden everyone cared. And so all of the, this intelligence in the supply chain has uh, ramped up. And so semiconductors are one way to play it, but there's also a Canadian company called Descartes uh, that provides a lot of the software and the network. They run a global logistics network around this where all the different 3PLs can you know, pass information between themselves. And so that's another interesting way to play in the Canadian space. I like Descartes. I, I saw them present. Uh, recently, we bought the stock. And I confess, I got shaken out of my position uh, when they when tech uh, gave back some ground. Uh, I think Descartes a great company. It's a little tough to hold. It's not cheap. Tech is expensive. Once again, as you mentioned that, and Yuri mentioned was talking his space companies like SNC Lavin that are darn cheap right now at ten wow. times earnings. Uh, and, uh, the approach that Jack and I are taking is a barbell approach. We will hold some expensive stocks that that are growth oriented and on trend, and you have to own some stuff that's out of favor and 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 very inexpensive uh, because. Again, the pendulum swings both ways. You don't want to be on one side of the boat. Jack, what happens when everyone's on one side of the boat? Well, the wave comes, well, it tends to tip over. 
A little wave comes and tips are over. That's it for this show, my good friends. It's Hi-Fi Radio, Global News, 640 Toronto, each and every Saturday night. I have the privilege with my partner, Jack Hartle, of spending an hour with you. I can't thank you enough for paying attention. And please, any questions, WolfgangKlein.com. Rob Young, great uh, great job as always, Managing Director, Equity Research Technology at Canaccord. Have a safe week, and my good friends, we'll speak to you next week. Listening to Hi Fi Radio with Wolfgang Klein and Jack Hartle, portfolio managers at Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management. For questions about today's show or any money questions you need answered, email Wolf and Jack at WolfgangKlein.com. Hi Fi Radio, for the love of money. We'll see you next week. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.